Today on Never Was a Gamer, Bowser sure builds a lot of sports complexes. Welcome to Never Was a Gamer, the show where a late-blooming gamer makes up for lost time playing everyone else's formative games. I'm Michelle, and with me as always is the king of sports, Dimitri. I am the king of sports. I win (laughs) many sports competitions that are of the (laughs) fantasy variety. Yeah, bizarrely, against all odds. But today's not about me, believe it or not. (laughs) Today, we're here to celebrate the birth of our favorite long-limbed fiend, Waluigi. Yeah, you mentioned at the end of the last episode that these games were the origin of Waluigi, which begs a question. Why? You mean, why? Sure. We'll get there. Okay. It's a very simple answer for a very simple man. Because they needed a doubles match guy? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wario needed a doubles partner. And what better doubles partner than... Waluigi. 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 <laughs> because it's just wa. No, I get bad, it. For clarity. Plus Luigi. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, we- he's the best because he's just the laziest possible character. But in yet, name, in attitude. But yet has come into his own to be a very sympathetic figure in the Nintendo canon, I think. <laughs> he's very tall. Yeah. Did you ever read that kid's poem about Waluigi? Yes, I did. <laughs> maybe, I'll, maybe I'll read it at the end. Okay. Uh, but we're here today to, not just to talk about Waluigi. We're here talking about sports, Mario sports, the best kind of sports. Yeah, I would argue. Because this is the final episode in our arc called We Hate Sports. But not these. No, because these are Mario sports. Wario sports. Waluigi, Waluigi sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way they could be improved if he became the main mascot of all the sports games. The face. It does feel like he should get a series like... Uh, in the way that WarioWare evolved. Yeah. He should have like a weird trolley. He, like, really, he really should. Yeah. Justice for Waluigi. That's what this show believes in. As you saw by all the really extended opening movies to all of yeah. these games, you know, he, he has a personality. He wants to he wants to perform to the world. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we played a bunch of Mario sports games, GameCube only. For me, that's the best era of Mario sports games, probably a little bit due to nostalgia. But I also think that this was these games were the best combination of of representing the original sport and then the Mario-ness on top. Yeah, this is something I was going to ask. So uh, did I hear it? This is not the first generation of Mario sports games. No, like so. So there's kind of a different history of sports weaving in and out. But because, as you know, you know, Mario has a lot of hobbies. Yep. He I mean, I wouldn't say he excels in a lot of things. He's kind of the average in everything. <laughs> yeah. All-rounder is what some of these games would label him. <laughs> yes. Quite fairly, I think. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, Mario, he, he, you know, he has a lot of hobbies, but he's been golfing the longest, which I think suits him. If you, say, <laughs> sure. if you look at Mario, you're like, what sport would that guy play? Answer Darts. Is go- oh, good one. Yeah. Darts. Come yeah. on. Okay. Come on. But, but, then, but then golf. And so... I mean, the protagonist of the NES golf game, just called NES Golf, that was that was released in 1985. The protagonist of that game looked a lot like Mario. wasn't I don't think it was ever canonically Mario, but when the Game Boy version came out of that game in 1990, at least on the North American version, they put what was clearly Mario on the cover because he's now an established mascot. Can I tell you, I'm 
60% listening to what you're saying, but 40% of me is now thinking about a Waluigi darts game. That's a great idea. Waluigi also a darts guy. Also a darts guy. Please continue. <laughs> and then, yeah, Mario uh, played golf quite a bit on the NES. He had a game in 1991 that was called NES Open Tournament Golf that this time featured a number of characters from the Mario lineage. Mario and Luigi were playable. Uh, Peach, Daisy, DK, and Toad all made appearances. The way more Mario branding at this point. Yeah. And then uh, he starts playing tennis for the first time on the Virtual Boy in 1995. The Virtual Boy. On the Virtual Boy was his first tennis outing. Okay. But then really in the N64 era is when... Mario and his pals come into their own with the sports. And this is also when Nintendo turns to Camelot to start developing Mario sports titles. So Camelot's this developer that has a, a long history with JRPGs. They, they're known, at that time anyway, they're known primarily for working with Sega to develop the, the Shining series of tactics-based JRPGs hmm. on Sega consoles. Though in 1997, on the PlayStation, they released a game called Everybody's Golf, which we know as Hot Shots Golf in oh. North America. So they, they did have that little history, but that was really just a blip. But then basically, Nintendo got them on board to, to start making their Mario Sports franchises. So at first, they made Mario Golf, and then later, the same developer makes Mario Tennis. They're still behind those two sport Mario Sports. Okay. Uh, but the other thing they're really well known for that they haven't touched in a while is the Golden Sun JRPG series. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, which which was really great on the on the Game Boy Advance. So those RPGs were were so good, and I think there's always been a little bit of resentment since Golden Sun has kind of died out. That you know why are, why are we just keeping this this developer stuck with these Mario Sports games <laughs> when they have so much more to offer? Oh, so so hopefully one day they can do they can do some return to Golden Sun or at least stick the Golden Sun characters. In the Mario sports games. <laughs> it's the least you could do. I love that we just have such a unanimous feeling about the hierarchy between like the value of like a Golden Sun good JRPG <laughs> and sports. We're like, oh, so wasted. What a shame. <laughs> like as if they could never be better or more important than a, than a Golden Sun. Which like, I'm not saying that's wrong. And I mean, I am glad they got these sports contracts because in 2000, when they were making Mario Tennis, as we as we said, Wario needed a doubles partner and they designed Waluigi. So it was all worth it. The The death of Golden Sun was very much worth the, the birth of Waluigi. <laughs> so do you have any history at all with any of these Mario sports games? No, this is this is a weird thing. So I don't think we ever had any of these in our house. I don't remember it, seeing these on the floor in the basement. So is this because your brothers are like real sports guys? They are real sports guys. Like they would guys. play the real sports games? Well, I mean, we had like NHL and NBA games. Like we had some other like real, real, yet yeah, real, real sports games. Okay. But not necessarily. I mean, Mario has touched those sports off and on, but not, those aren't Mario's big sports. Yeah. He's not playing hockey very frequently. Yeah. So I, I'm not really sure why, because we did always have the Nintendo consoles and everything. But yeah, I, I went into these as cold as I've ever gone into a game for huh. this show in terms of what I knew. I mean, obviously, I know like the Nintendo ethos and the characters and all that stuff. But um, which, you know, with that in mind, you can make some guesses as to what these how these games would work or what they would be like. Yeah. And I mean, these Mario sports games, especially in the GameCube era, really blew up. They were... Mario was was engaging in a lot of sporting activity. Um, you, you know, they, they they have these games that we're talking about. The other game we're going to be talking about today, so we're going to be talking about Mario 
te- Mario Power Tennis on GameCube, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, and also Super Mario Strikers, his first foray into soccer. Right. Uh, but, you know, on the GameCube, Namco also made a Mario baseball game. There was a Mario three-on-three basketball game on the on the Nintendo DS in like 2006. Okay. Like, he's playing a lot of sports. And then, of course, eventually we get the Mario and Sonic at the Olympics game. Oh, right. Uh, and, you know, like the Olympics just ended. It would have been a great crossover to do a Mario Olympics games. No, I'm not playing an Olympics game. <laughs> Why? There, I, I've never played a Mario. I've never played the Mario and Sonic Olympics games. But basically, my my whole mindset around what Olympics games are based on ones I've played in the past are just a bunch of button mashy mini games. Oh, OK. And I have no interest in that. Yeah, that's what Mario Party's for. Exactly. <laughs> Mario Party in the Olympics. Very similar <laughs> skill sets needed. Okay, so you didn't have a history with these games, but now that you've played um, at least three of them, do you have a sense of, like, if you had to define, like, what makes a Mario sports game a Mario sports game? Sure. Um, I think, like, a thing that works by analogy here is thinking about in what way Mario Kart is a racing game. Hmm, mm-hmm. Like, you know, Mario Kart, of course, has been a huge brand in in all of my time playing games. Um, and I think it has a lot of the hallmarks that I recognize now. They're all a, a way less technical, more accessible, usually slightly rules loosened version of these sports. Generally with like, um, obviously the Mario characters, obviously. So, so do you know this for certain? Do you know for certain that a Mario Golf is less technical than <laughs> an actual golf game? Here's what I know. I know that in soccer, there's such thing as an offside <laughs> and there's not offsides in Strikers this game. is definitely its own. Okay. In its own universe. Yeah, I, th- I mean, we'll get to it. But I think, you know, of the three games, that's the one that is, I mean, it's a certain version of soccer. You know, it's three on three soccer that's being portrayed there. Soccer is also the sport I know the least about by far of these three options, which is incredible because golf is in there. (laughs) Um, I guess I'm not sure. I mean, they seem kind of simplified. I certainly, maybe what I mean is that um, the, the, the mechanics of actually performing the physical feats in the sport are made much more accessible and they're much less technical than I can imagine they would be in, uh, like I'm sh- I'm sure if you play like FIFA it's much more technical about your shot and wind and whatever else goes into kicking a soccer ball that I can't even imagine than these are these are very good with like graphic representations of and sort of abstractions of things like your power being put in or or where you're aiming um and so they just end up being a little more approachable I mean, I haven't played a FIFA in a long time, but they definitely weren't calculating wind physics. On, I mean, I don't know what goes into soccer. soccer. <laughs> what goes into soccer? I mean, and, and I mean, you bring up wind physics. So, so let's start with the first game you played because it does actually tie <laughs> in to Mario Golf Toadstool oh, Tour. Don't skip me past the other big signature oh. trait of these games, which is elaborate, slightly bizarre and disconnected cutscenes at the at the beginning. <laughs> That's what ties them all together for you? It's one of the things. Especially those Camelot ones. Mario, golf, and tennis had incredibly lengthy opening cutscenes. Shockingly lengthy. They're I, fun. I, we didn't need them, but they're full of like slapstick shenanigans. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of Mario Power Tennis, you get to see like outtakes from the cutscenes. Yeah. Which that this was a big thing that was happening in movies around it in you know the late nineties like during the credits they would play like outtakes, so I guess it's like an adaptation of that. 
it's weird though to have you know outtakes from something that's animated well but of course i digress let's get to mario golf toadstool tour this was your first uh mario sports game first golf game i think oh absolutely what'd you think I had so much more fun with this than I thought I was oh, really? going to. Yeah. Except I had the exact opposite kind of fun that I thought I was going to have. The What do you mean? My my basic thing with the Mario Golf is the more it was just pretty straightforward golf on pretty straightforward golf courses, the more I enjoyed it. And the more it became like crazy Mario-ified with like sort of trick Bowsery, you know, heavily themed courses the more checked out I got. Yeah, there. the thing that's interesting about Mario Golf, and especially uh, this GameCube one versus the N64 one, is that, yeah, the courses start out relatively straightforward. Yeah. And then it's almost like they're adding more and more, like, large-scale miniature golf elements. Yes, to, yes. <laughs> to exactly. classic golf and merging those. And that's where the Mario elements come in. And, and, it's, and it basically becomes, okay, try to play actual golf with nonsense. Yes, um, yes. And, you know, some of it Mario theme nonsense. I know when you get to the end, when you get to Bowser's course, which is the last one, you've got thwomps, yeah. you've got bombs, you've got chain chomps all over the place. You know, you're actually dealing with these, uh, you know, Mario villain iconography. Bowser on, castle stuff. Yeah. On the course. And I don't know, for me, that was always the most, I don't know, I always found that the most interesting to see what they throw at me, throw at me next. But you you really like just the, the leisurely golf experience. I did. I did, which is so bizarre. I like I have never played golf or I've never wanted to play golf. People in my family play golf. This game briefly made me think I might enjoy golf. Although then I thought I would actually probably like it better without the golfing part, just walking around through like beautiful, well-maintained green environments outdoors. Then I realized that I just described a park, which <laughs> does exist. <laughs> so I think I just was like, what a pleasant outdoor like green space what so, about that so what was it about the experience of playing golf then that that you liked <laughs> besides being in a park so okay so this is weird but i had a phase when i was i'm gonna say in like junior high or something like that maybe like grade five six where one of the very few games we had for the family computer at this time was this weird pool game on cd-rom uh and I went through a period of like eight months where I would spend hours just with the radio on in the background. I think you've talked about this before. Shooting pool at this bizarre game. It was all about like lining up the angles and figuring out the power of your stroke. There's just something very satisfying about that to me of like planning the shot, really thinking through the particularities of like the wind and the angles and where you're trying to place it and how strong does this need to be. And then following through and then, you know, taking things as they come after that. I think fundamentally, that's just there's something still inside me that really mm. enjoys that. And like another weird dimension of this and a thing that I think probably makes it a good golf game is I feel like emotionally this transformed me into a golfer or at least like what I have absorbed golfers to be like by temperament because like 90% of my time with this game, especially the courses that are more just like a golf course and are less like big mini golf, 90% of that time is like relaxing, pleasantly focused, chill, outdoor, sort of gentlemanly vibes. And then I would like miss an easy putt and go briefly insane. 
like you even called me out on this because I was like getting so rude and like cussing so bad every time I would like miss an easy putt. Like you at one point were like, you need to calm down. <laughs> I was like, I am calm. And 10 seconds later, I would be back to being just like walking down the green. <laughs> like, And, you know, from my my dad and my uncles, I do understand that this is what a golfer is like. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, also, like, as soon as I started to have a bad streak that was like more than one shot in a row, uh, it gave me an extremely bad attitude, which I think is also a signature <laughs> golfer trait. So, you know, it brought me to a, a place emotionally that I wasn't expecting to go that day. So I guess I'm curious then why you think you like the more straightforward courses better when, you know, when you get to some of the more advanced courses, there's so much more involved in terms of you know, finding the perfect shot. Because initially, you know, when you when you first start, basically the AI will give you what's basically the ideal shot. A suggested shot. Yeah, yeah. and and their suggested shot is, is pretty good. Yeah. You know, uh, and later as you go, it will kind of stop doing that. The courses will get to a level of complexity where if you want to come in at par or or below, you really need to, you know, scope out the environment and really plan a series of shots ahead so you can actually, you know, achieve achieve par because if you just follow if you just follow what the AI is telling you, you'll either get there three shots. Yeah. You know, take three shots too many. Or sometimes it'll just like direct you straight into a mountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is about balance of wanting the challenge without the like a lot of a lot of the courses that are more like I'll keep calling them like mini golfy or like gimmicky, although I don't mean gimmick in a pejorative way. They're like very broken up. Like there will be tons of trees, you know, in again, the Bowser one that that course is full of cases where you're basically hitting the ball between little islands of ball survivability. And so you don't have like it feels both. I, in some ways, I guess it's more flexible because often there are clear multiple strategies you could take to get where you're trying to get to. But it also feels in some ways less flexible because it's like, okay, you're aiming for that island or you're aiming for that island. And then what are you doing after that? And so to me, that then irons out some of the really fine maneuvering that I kind of enjoyed. Like I liked the fiddly part of this. Whereas mm -hmm. if I just know I have to get it on that island and if I get it on that island, I'm going to be fine. I'm just going to stick the the my aiming thing roughly at that island and not overthink it any further than that. You know what I mean? Mm. So a, a thing that was surprising to me in this game is that I wouldn't say I was like wowed by any of the level designs, which is I don't know that I've ever felt that way about a Mario game before. I, I expect a very high level of creativity and level design in, in any games with this branding. I mean, for golf courses, I think these got pretty imaginative, no? So, yes, but I, I didn't love how some of the in-game obstacles and stuff were handled. So I mean, you've got you've got pipes that operate like Mario pipes. Yeah, that's good. That pipe's good. So, yeah, there's you know, there's a mountain where you, you kind of have to get to the top of this mountain. Yeah. And the easiest but or, or the, the quickest but maybe most difficult way to do it is, yeah, to use this network of pipes where you have to, you know, put what, what, drive chip. chip one of those things, your <laughs> the golf ball into a pipe, which will then, you know, you don't know anything like about golf. I don't know anything about golf. <laughs> Yeah, so some of those some of those were good. 
this this was this was good. Um, and you know, it is fun to have that recognition of like, oh, a thwomp. Um, but I sort of expected some of these obstacles to do something more than what they did. Like, and maybe who knows, maybe it ends up being better for the game that they don't. But for example, there are these these thwomp things that are in the air at one point, and I I guess I expected them to like move or try to crush down or something like that. Like if your ball goes under it to try to like stamp down and block it. Like if your if your ball stops under a thwomp, it will thwomp it. If that's, it stops under, yeah, that's how a thwomp works. No, if you thwomps will go after you if you just pass under them. I mean, it will go after Mario. It needs something of substantial size, <laughs> well, like a golf ball that stops, as opposed to being a. Well, then it's a stationary object. Uh, I guess so. Anyway, and, and like the chain chomps will chomp up your ball. The chain chomps are good. I mean, the other one where you know I didn't hate the way this interacted, but. In, in this game, I didn't like the way it worked with the other game mechanics was there are a couple holes in, uh, again, the Bowser course, where you see Womps, which are the those big rectangle guys from Super Mario 64 that just fall forward. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like a big slab of concrete. Oh, yeah, with the bandit on their back. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there's a place where, you know, again, it's one of these, these holes where you're hitting from little tiny island to tiny island. And there's a a womp on one of them that clearly would be like a good place to shoot. uh, And it's blocking the way between you and the hole, right? So if you hit it to that island and it stops in front of the womp, because it's a barrier to to it going any further, um, it'll fall forward on on the ball, but then just disappear. There's no reason to think that it would just disappear. This job is done. No, why would you think that? So... This is the thing. I would never assume that that once it falls forward, it just disappears. That's not how Womps behave in any other Mario game. And so I like would take this whole route to go around because I assumed I was still going to have to deal with the Womp on my follow up shot from that island. Like I thought he would just stand back up. I would never assume that he would then evaporate. <laughs> so like it just that's like an example of the game not communicating with me about what is going to happen or how the the like rules of Mario World import into this game. And again, that sounds really like nitpicky, but you know, the, golf is a game of picking nits. It's like small, fine details. Like, I don't know, it it matters. Yeah, but this me. is Mario Golf. Yeah. And so thwomps should act like thwomps <laughs> or womps, whatever. You know, you say this, but also your, I think, proudest moment of playing this game was because of an interaction with one of these annoying obstacles. True. Which in this case, so so you you, you don't like this level design, but there are so many cool things in here from Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. um, including uh, Bowser's little clown car. Yep. Which again, I, that's, I just love that that's just canonical. Like they put that in a game once and they're like, yeah, he's just always going to have that, that now. That, yeah. That's just how he travels. Yeah. <laughs> This flying car, this flying, I don't know, even, it's just... Even Junior Bowsers have their own different mini versions. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's great. But the other thing are those, uh, these mesh nets that if you've played Super Mario World, you'll remember from some of the, the castle levels where, you know, the, the final boss. You can climb the, on them and like flip around to the backside. Yeah. Where the Koopa kids in their castles, they would have these, these fun mesh nets. And... So there was, you know, there was a mesh net in this game. Yeah. We, so this is this is one place where I wasn't sure, you know, where the game didn't necessarily communicate because we had a little back and forth trying to guess whether the if you took a shot at the net, 
if the ball, like if the GameCube was powerful enough to <laughs> render the net in such a way where you would have to actually go through like one of the like the lattices, the fibers, yeah, <laughs> you know, like the openings in the net, or if the whole net just operated as one just solid rectangular block. Yeah. So we found out the answer. So this, I remember, I absolutely remember when this happened. I was having a super frustrating playthrough of this court, this uh, course. I was doing so badly and having a bad attitude about it, and. I was stuck in a rough on this hole in a place where I was either going to have to try to chip a shot through some of that chain link gating stuff or try and probably fail to get a shot over the top without it landing in lava. So I had this was going to be challenging and I spent a minute fussing over like the exact angles and then out loud I said whatever and line something up carelessly and hit it just with my most power. It went straight through the fence. It went straight through the fence and I ended up getting the ball straight in the hole. <laughs> I think it's called an eagle. I, it, I, it was three strokes on a par five. Yeah, it, it was, was like two under par. crazy yeah. good. That was, the be- that was the best you've ever done. Yeah. Yeah. I, and there's your answer. Yeah. You can get through the mesh on those. <laughs> uh, so that was your experience golfing. Before we move on, you know, the other thing that makes this, you know, a Mario sports game is that it comes with a lot of... Uh, accoutrement yes if you will you know um other modes that aren't the main golf mode more arcade style modes did did you did you play with any of those i played around with the coin collection one where you have a a course and there's like coins scattered in big chunks all over the place and you're you're trying to collect as many as you can um yeah they also have one where they randomize what club you get so you just have to play through a whole course with randomized clubs See that th- I was at, I at this point had concluded that I like I just wanted to play golf and so I was like that does not appeal to me. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a thank true you. golf game. Yeah, <laughs> disrespects the sport. I don't need that. So yeah, so you didn't really play around too much with these. They weren't, uh, you know, this wasn't the draw of the Mario Golf. No, I just wanted to. I honestly, I wanted to go just on the courses that look like golf courses and like put in my own music or a podcast and have like a chill golfing time li- lining up finicky angles and then executing good swings. Okay. So overall you you enjoyed your time with Mario Golf. Yes. Any any interest in getting the new Mario Golf? Yeah, I'm tempted. It didn't review that great and I haven't heard anyone speak up for it and say, yeah, this is super super fun. I mean, a Mario Golf's a Mario Golf. Like that's the thing. It's never yeah. going to it's never going to blow anybody away. Actually, the ones that blew people away were the Game Boy Advance Mario Golfs. Oh, yeah. Also made by Camelot because they had, I never played them, but apparently they have a really good adventure mode that has a lot of RPG elements in oh. it. And uh, yeah, those are supposed to be really good. And I know the new Mario Golf does have an adventure mode, but hmm. I guess people are hoping that it would be almost like an incorporation of the older GBA adventure mode into the 3D Mario Golf. And I guess it didn't do that. Got it. Um but yeah. You know, if I can get it on sale, it's like one of those. Okay. Yeah. Get it on sale. So, so that's your that's your verdict on Mario Golf. Get it on sale. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh any any chance you're gonna be playing real golf soon? Uh no. Just just the park. I just okay. want I just want access to lovely, well maintained outdoor green space. And I guess the only way to do that is to be a middle aged man with a business account. Taking his friends slash clients to a golf course. They're the only ones who get access to that in North America. <laughs> There's Michelle's verdict, her hot take Nationalize on golf. Nationalize the golf course. 
<laughs> okay, let's take a little break. and we come back, we'll talk about uh, a game that'll let Michelle get out some of her aggression, Mario Power Tennis. We're back to talk about our second Mario sports game, Mario Power Tennis. Yeah, this was sort of the opposite of my uh, Mario Golf told Toadstool Tour yeah. experience in that the less it was just straightforward tennis, the more I liked it. Oh, really? Do you like tennis? Real tennis? I don't really play tennis. I don't think I don't know if I have the, the stamina for it. It's yeah. a lot of running back no and forth. No one does. I don't really watch it. Everybody who plays tennis just seems like, you know, jerks. They're always yelling. <laughs> At least the men's tennis players. They always just throw in fits. Yeah, they are babies. If I want to watch some whiners. I'll watch soccer. <laughs> but um, I don't know anything about it, but I understand that that's a joke. <laughs> that's, a different, that's a different kind of big baby. <laughs> the sports are I... for big babies. Yeah, that's, that's, basically. That's my take about sports. In summary. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I really actually enjoy tennis games. You know, there's... I mean, you know, going back to Pong, there's something incredibly satisfying about just hitting a ball back and forth across the screen. Can I say one of the things that I do enjoy in sports, both in real life and also to some extent in games, is sports that are about hitting a thing with another thing. Like I yeah. played a lot of baseball growing up and like batting is so fun. <gasps> That's why I like the golf game also. It's hitting a thing with another thing. Okay. I mean, most sport like... You're, like, does it count if you're kicking, no, hitting a ball with your no, foot? No, kicking is not hitting a thing with a thing. Well, well, it is, but it is, but it's not. You okay. know, you need you need some kind gotta, of contraption, yeah, a stick of some shape. Okay, yeah. Anyway, the, the most caveman version <laughs> yeah. of sports. But yeah, you know, I, I I enjoy tennis games. Like I said, I enjoy you know something like as simple as pong. I enjoy playing tennis with Ganondorf when you have to you know deflect his. <laughs> power balls True. back to him you know that's a that's a zelda staple where you kind of have a little tennis mini game at the end mm -hmm. yeah i think i think tennis is fun and i really like in this game that sometimes you can hit it hard enough that you hit the other player right in the schnoz yeah that's the best with the tennis ball and it counts as just a point for you like yeah the an accumulation for them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's part of the mario elements of <laughs> yeah I, of these I, I mean, I think i've played i played strikers the most the, the soccer game mm -hmm. but i played so much tennis especially against my cousin just rounds and rounds and rounds of tennis it's i just find the regular tennis addictive and for me and this is what what's really interesting i almost never played on the the courts that have the more you the know chaotic courts. mario elements yeah so you know you've got your regular tennis courts of you know of, of different surface you know different surfaces you've got yeah. your clay court and like a grass court i don't know sure. it changes the <laughs> physics of the ball something something about tennis but then you also have these trick courts, which is the, you know, the part of the Mario tennis element. Yeah. And and did you want to, what were your favorite of these trick courts? So I have clear favorites and I have clear anti-favorites. Um, the blooper course is my favorite or the blooper field is my favorite in this entire this game. This is like a, a Mario Sunshine themed yeah. court. Yeah. So it has this 
this crazy thing where, you know, the tennis court is divided up sort of into quadrants. There's like the, the whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Um, We're it, great at talking about yeah, sports. <laughs> listen. Um, so the ground is clear glass, but with the, with the divisions like etched on it and you're over a pool, like you're over water. And so when you bounce the ball on one quadrant or square of your opponent's court, it the, that glass will either slide open or closed. So basically with controlling where you're shooting, you can change the shape of your opponent's court, which both means it's a high risk, high reward strategy because, you know, if you are shooting the ball and it just goes straight into the water, that counts as it being like out, even if that area of water would normally be in bounds for the court. You just have holes on the court now, basically. Yeah. And so you can use that to manipulate where your opponent can actually run to. So, you know, you get them where they there's a, a hole between them and the rest of the court and you like hit it to the other side. It's just really fun. And it's like the right level of interference for me and and feeling like you have some control over it as opposed to it being like pretty highly randomized or feeling like things just sneak up on you, you know? Sure. You can keep talking about these because I enjoy none of them. Really? I I do not like these trick courts. You know, you've got some other ones where these uh, clap traps from Donkey Kong. These were the other ones I kind of liked. And yeah, if you hit them into your... So they're like on the net. Yeah, they crawl across the net. And if you hit them, they'll fall into your opponent's side of the court and then will go and like bite the ankles of your opponents or vice versa, bite the ankles of you, slow you down. They're just... I mean, yeah, of course they're annoying. That's why they exist. For sure. I don't want to be annoyed. Tennis... These tennis, I find tennis as a game, a video game, fun enough intrinsically that I don't want this crap. And and like the game gives me the option of not ever engaging yeah, yeah, with yeah. it, which is perfect. Yeah. But yeah, I almost never, I, I probably played, you know, a thousand rounds of this game in my lifetime and I maybe 20 of them were on a trick court. You tried them like once and then just said, no, thank you. This is not for me. Yeah, they were not for me. There's this annoying Luigi's Mansion one with these ghosts. Yeah. The ghosts, uh, these ghosts come out and the, I don't know, just something about the color of them. They're the same color as the tennis ball. Some of yeah. them is neon green. It's hard to see what's going on. For me, it's just not fun. I just want the, pu- it's the purity of tennis that I really after with a Mario tennis game. Like the purity of golf that I appreciate. Except these games, why this is Mario Power Tennis. Th- these games offer a twist on tennis that wasn't in the N64 game, which are these power shots. Right. So these these are these are cool although in some ways at some points these became frustrating for me as well. So they they almost work like a special where you have to sort of build up a meter and like return so many shots successfully in order to be able to use them but then basically every character has an offensive version and a defensive version. Um and they do vary from from character to character so you get a lot of the like you know that character's personality and and flair there but basically the defensive one allows you to pretty much return a ball that you were otherwise going to miss no matter where it is on the court and where you are. So it's just like a fail safe, right? Um, and then the offensive one, different shots, different character shots do different things, but you're going to get like a big, huge power shot, maybe with like a tricky curve or that stuns your opponent or something like that. Yeah. And, and like Michelle said, they're tailored to the characters. So do you have any favorites? Well, Waluigi's are truly unhinged. Waluigi's are amazing. His defensive shot is one of my favorite moments in all of games. 
Where Ex- explain it. Try and explain it. He summons basically a, a wa- he summons water that the court ba- turns into basically water, turns kind the of. court into a swimming pool. And then he just gets on his belly and swims breaststrokes through it to the ball and hits the ball. It I don't know how does Waluigi summon water? Nothing but questions. I like where where is did he, he get these powers? With what, like what is this? But I just love that he's just swimming through. He's just such a little freak. He and I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even and, even his offensive is like a weird figure skater pirouette twirl and then hit. Why? Because he can. Because he has those long limbs. You know who Waluigi would get along with? Who? Switchblade Kelly. He just wants to do a little something extra. He just every loves time. doing a little something extra. That's just, a good just point. Just a little extra flair. That's a good point. That would be a great tag team partner. <laughs> be Way better than Kurt team. Angle. <laughs> Should have made Waluigi. Yeah. Um, but so you said these got annoying. For me, these power shots are what make this game. So because already in tennis, and what what I really like about these games, you know, is that there's always a little bit of strategy. Mm-hmm. You're always. You know, trying to, you know, you have a variety of shots you can use. And especially when you're playing against a human player, you're really trying to psych them out. Right. You know, you really try to get them to come and play really close up to the net so that you can just, you know, lob something over their head. And then, you know, it's a slow shot, but it's so far over their head, they miss it, which is really satisfying. You know, that there's that there's this uh, psychological game at play. Right. And with these power shots, um, I think they add, at least for me, another layer of strategy and they encourage you to take risks Especially because of the defensive one. Right. Because you can now basically return a shot from anywhere. You know, once you have that stored, you're much more likely to try to take a risky shot that might backfire and end up with, you know, a return that you couldn't possibly get because you have this uh, power shot in your back pocket. So I think it makes for like a much uh, more chaotic game where people aren't playing um, as safely and they're, they're trying different things and they're mixing up their shots more. Uh, and yeah, and for me, it just it makes the pace of the game so much more fun. So I understand that completely. The thing that made it sometimes not work as well for me as I wanted it to is that I found con. So I found that it's almost like you get them too quickly and too consistently because so so frequently my opponent and I would have our specials at the same time, which means they would just end up canceling each other out most of almost always because. One person would use it offensively. One person would use it often defensively to return that. Well, no, and- this is this is where you get, no. This is this for me is another layer of the strategy because then, <laughs> when you both have it at the same time, what you need to do then is to try to hit a shot that you know that um, makes your opponent waste panic their- and waste their thing, and then on that return, then you use yours. What can you do to bait out the special? Yeah. Knowing that then you can return it with your power shot. Because you build it up quite quickly. Yeah. Like maybe three volleys. Yeah. Something like that. Like it's not, this isn't a thing where you're getting it only once every, what's it called? An exchange? Point? Once a point? Like uh, you're, I don't know. You're, but, but often yeah, you're, you're going to get it, multi, you're going to get it a bunch. Yeah. It's, it's a core element of the back and forth of how tennis works in this game. And for me, the, it, it makes the game so much more fun. Uh, yeah. But for you, I, I knew you didn't, you didn't love tennis. Yeah, I I didn't vibe with it. I I think partially, I just never felt like I got to the point where I was being where I was like controlling the board rather than just responding to things and trying mm. not to get beaten. Um, and you know what you said about you know you just want to play t- tennis itself is fun enough that you don't want this extra stuff. I felt the opposite. 
I felt, um, I mean, like I said, some of the trick boards were too interfering-y for me. Like the the WarioWare one, while a very cool theming, is just like too much. Um, but You're on conveyor belts. That change direction and move in all different ways. Like it's annoying. a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So I don't know. I just, um, I am vibe with this one. Also, I know you're going to be, I know you're mad at me for having this opinion. Not mad at you. You think it's a bad opinion, but it's still the one that I have. I kind of think it's weird that, okay, the way you control where you're shooting in this game is by a last minute um, left stick maneuver in the direction you want the ball to go. The thing that happened to me a bunch is I would be like running desperately across court trying to get to the ball and not sure if I was going to make it and then not feeling like I had enough time to like release and reprogram in a shot in a different direction. Like it kept screwing up my movement and I just like the thing that makes a ball go left or right in tennis is how early or late you swing. And like there are mechanics like that that are implemented like in lots of baseball games, like the timing of your swing makes the difference between whether it's going to go into left field or right field. Like this is something that is implemented elsewhere, but not here. And like that's fine, but it felt weird to me and it persistently felt weird to me. You don't think it would be incredibly difficult to try to time your swing when you know, baseball, it's, you can time your swing because you're static. Yeah, I do think it would be very difficult. So, uh, But like, I, I think tennis is difficult. Like, I think this may have been the right choice for for accessibility and playability, particularly for a Mario tennis game. It just, it always felt weird to me to when you're running for a ball, having to like let up on the movement at the last minute and then re- move the stick to indicate yeah, where you're you shooting. You want to run and then you want to be planted and then take your shot. And if you're running, if you're if you're at the point where you have to run so much to just hit the ball, then you're going to do kind of a dive and it makes sense that you wouldn't have control over where the ball's going anyway. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just like, there's something fundamental about it, how it, tennis feels, I think. Yeah, it, that... it's just really funny. Yeah, because I think like this is just like intuitively what tennis games feel like okay. and always have. Like I've played tennis games prior to playing this Mario tennis game. And it's just like I like immediately I could pick up and I knew exactly what I had to do. Hmm. And so it's so funny that like how you imagine this sport would be translated to a game is not that. And, yeah. and you never really got over, you know, that disconnect between how you imagined this should work or should map onto the controller and how it does map onto the controller. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, it's just it's just very interesting to me that, you know, that that's your expectation with the controller. Maybe there are some tennis games out there that do operate like that. I don't uh, know. And honestly, I think I'm bringing that because like I did play a bit of tennis when I was younger. I like went to a tennis camp for a bit and stuff. And like, you know, I played baseball, like I said. So there's something fundamental about I think I've like internalized the physics and feeling and how it works to like hit a thing with another thing, the timing element of that. And so it was weird not to have that present here, even though maybe it would have made the game super unplayable. Like, I don't I don't know, you know. Um, I mean, you did pretty well, though. You won a bunch of cups. Yeah, yeah. You struggled against... Uh, so when I play this tennis... You psych I'm, me out. I'm usually Waluigi, but my other one of my other mains is Shy Guy, who is awesome in this game. I was doing so well cruising through the tournament rankings. And then you left the apartment to... You told me who your mains were and you left the apartment to like walk the dog or something. And my next opponent was Shy Guy as the the head of a the last the championship in a tournament. And I just I got too tilted and I just couldn't. <laughs> I was so bad I got creamed. 
Yeah, I used to play. I used to play this against my <laughs> cousin, and I used to be shy guy would go on his uh, overcoming shyness tour. <laughs> That's what I would call it, because he'd just be on a roll, just like going through everybody. And I think I like him and Waluigi the best because they both make super annoying noises. In they this do. Game. Like Waluigi is his usual, and then Shy Guy goes like, yeah, it's bad when he does this special, and it's just so satisfying to do both of those noises with them <laughs> as you're going to crush your opponent. I do feel that in any sort of vaguely party gameish context, it's very important to choose a character where. You like impersonating some part of them very loudly and aggressively at your opponent oh, when yeah. you're winning. You definitely have this with Mario, the new Mario Party. Correct. Where for some unfathomable reason, they decided that players would love to play as Monty Mole, which I'm sure... <laughs> you know, everyone's favorite I'm sure Monty nobody Mole. selects as their main except Michelle. I love it. And his trick dice even sucks. I just <laughs> I just love the character, partially because his celebration is he like slaps his big tummy and goes, ha ha. And I also like to slap my big tummy and go, <laughs> when I'm doing well. Yeah. So you can, at least you can, you know, you can partake in, in the joys of just making the obnoxious movements and noises along with the characters. Yes. Just maybe not in tennis. <laughs> The one other thing that I was surprised of in in this game is that it does carry a lot of the finicky and idiosyncratic rules from real tennis. For example, the maddest that I was at this game the entire time is when I had played a long drawn out set against somebody else and then finally got the winning shot and then it set me up into a new another match, like a sequel match. And I was like, what? What's happening? And you turn to me and you go, oh, yeah, you can't win a match on your own serve. So and, you have to play again. What? And what the and, f- and to be honest, I don't even know if that's true. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand how the point system works. It's like you have in, in tennis, you have to win by you can't just win by one. You have to it, like you you can't get the fluke win. You have to be you have to be a gentleman. You have to win by at least two in Ugh. tennis. I, I don't get it. So, yeah, no, I, I don't I don't know the rules of tennis. I'm sure they even explained in the manual. This is something I'm not going to look in the manual. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah. When I play, I just play until it tells me I win or lose. <laughs> yeah. And that's how I know. Like that is nonsense. Like that is exactly the kind of rule that Super Mario Strikers would never bother with. And that's a good segue into... Super Mario Strikers, <laughs> Mario's first soccer game, and I think his best soccer game. They did a sequel to this on the Wii that was, for me, incredibly disappointing. Oh. I think this perfected uh, Mar- the Mario soccer experience, and I really wish they built on it and, and not in the ways that that the Wii one did. But we're talking about what I think is the good one. This is uh, Mario Strikers GameCube, made not by Camelot, now made by Next Level Games, who you probably know best as the team behind the Luigi's Mansion series. Oh, cool. Yeah, and and as you've already implied, this is not your regular soccer game, nor is it your regular Mario game. This is three-on-three aggressive action. This is the people's party sports game. Yeah, but with a grit and a ruthlessness that I still find surprising today. I think I forgot (laughs) how much attitude this game had that there's an attack and you know and how much attitude the characters have yeah some peak sauciness from the princesses in this one yeah who are wearing these little booty shorts yeah it's pretty scandalous (laughs) but this is i what did you think of this game this is of these three the one i by far played the most even though you know as a package 
as a package, it's the most bare bones. Yeah. You've basically got your, you know, you can play the soccer in single player or in multiplayer. There aren't any, you know, there aren't any of these extras. Yeah. And even I was surprised to see that even, you know, as you unlock new stadiums that you can play at, they have slightly different theming, but they don't have stuff that like, it's not like the the more complex themed tennis courts where there's like all kinds of gimmicky themed stuff happening. It's just like, do you want peach looking guys in the stands or do you want Mario looking guys in the stands? Yeah, it's like there's one core base game here. Yeah. And that's all there is. But for me, this is it. That base game is so good. I wouldn't want anything else. It's extremely fun. I think this is if the goal is to make something that is very immediate um, that's very accessible and is just like instantly fun to play, but where you do feel like there's some stuff to learn and figure out this, this like nails that I think the best of any of them. It's chaotic. It's fast. It's quick to start and pick up. You have like a superficially simple set of options that you can kind of get through a match with, but there's also like, there definitely is a skill curve as well. Like, yeah. So what this game is, is it's, it's three on three soccer that takes place in a stadium. So, you know, you're not having a huge soccer field. Mm -hmm. You've got, it's a very condensed stadium. And you pick a team captain who is one of the, you know, the canonical Mario cast. character, yeah. And then you also pick your lackeys, your teammates. And you can choose between Toads, Hammer Bros, Koopas, or Birdos. Birdos all the time. The correct choice. Yeah. They're the more offensive. So each of these each of these sidekicks has a special, you know, a, a, not a special ability, but, you know, they're more inclined to certain styles of play than others. So a Birdo will be uh, is a more offensive sidekick, whereas Toes will be more defensive. So it's really, you know, you want to pick a, a sidekick who will match your style of play. Yeah, this game sort of does away with um, showing you individual stats for characters and instead just presents them in categories. You you have balanced players, uh, playmakers, offensive types. Um, and defensive. And def- yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so basically you, you're trying to come up with a combo that works for you of of captain and, and sidekicks. Uh, who did you tend to choose? I tended to play... Uh, Peach or Daisy and Birdo. Very sassy group. They are indeed. Um, I think I just, I have no feel for defense in this game. And so um, Daisy is offensive and Peach is a playmaker, which I still don't fully understand what that is, but it feels offensive. (laughs) And so these both felt like they were leaning into my... uh, One of them was definitely offensive. Which one taunts the opponent by slapping their ass? I think that's Daisy. (laughs) It, it, like, I forgot this part of it. And yeah, again, still still surprised. But yeah, you know, once you pick your characters, once you pick your teammates, you're, you're off playing this really aggressive, fast-paced game of soccer because the field is so condensed. Mm-hmm. There's so much action at all times. You don't have this thing. And I'm sure people who actually really enjoy soccer games actually love this part. But you never have that, like, war of attrition in the middle of the field yeah. that just goes on forever. You're always trying to, you know, move forward, move towards the goal and 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 make a shot. The other thing this game has, the other Mario element is that there are kind of the Mario Kart suite of items yeah. that you can get. Yeah. And the way you get items in this game, it's it's not like in Mario Kart where you're running around and, you know, collecting icons on the field in this case. Instead, 
you get an item if your goalie blocks a shot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that disincentivizes you from just spamming the shoot button because then your opponent's just going to build up all these uh, all these items. And you also get one by body checking your opponent if they don't have the ball. <laughs> and these body checks are ruthless. And often you're body checking them into an electrified fence. Yes. Like a barrier. Yeah. This is a huge. So there's attacks in this, which I understand is not in the real game of soccer. And there's no referees. There's no sidelines. There's just like a ring of electric fence around <laughs> the outside of the field that things will like bounce off of. You can get shocked by it. Like... It's it's like an extreme sports version of of like no refs, no rules, no masters. Yeah, and these <laughs> and these body checks are brutal. Like they're they're really visceral and really fun to pull off. It's very funny to watch like Peach slamming a toad into the electric yeah. like Yeah. <laughs> it's very something very satisfying about it. Um and then, you know, the real kind of mechanical innovation here, what, you know, like all of these games do have, you know, one mechanical twist that makes them a Mario sports game. In this case, it's the the super strike move. Yeah, this is the one that only your team captain can do, right? Yeah. So basically, this is a mega powered charge shot on goal that, you know, yeah, that only your team captain can pull off. So basically, if you charge up the shoot button while you're within kind of on your opponent's half of the court field pitch pitch sure on on your opponent's side of the playing arena um, and you hold the b button uh in this case to you'll start to charge up a shot and if you hold it long enough a gauge will appear on the screen with you know with this like needle that moves from one end to the other and on either end of the gauge there's you know a, a segment a colored segment and you want to try to stop the needle in that in that little slice and if you pull it off successfully you go into this super animation you do this super charged shot and if you actually get it perfect uh you'll kick so hard that the goalie will you know the goalie will catch the ball and go flying into the net and you'll automatically get two points yeah if you if you do all that and charge it up, but don't get the the needle in exactly the right spot. You'll still get the animation. You'll still have a shot of getting that big two point score, but the opponent's goalie has a much higher chance or has a chance of, of stopping it. Yeah, it's still a huge, aggressive, very fast shot. Like it's still worth doing. Right, and, but, and gets you the and gets you the two points. Right, but it does have like you have to have it plans that you know you have this safe moment to do the charge this up because your thing. captain is vulnerable when that's happening. This this is the thing. It takes so long to charge up and you know the field is so condensed yeah. that you really need to be out in front with everybody behind you. You know it it's really risky to to try to pull off because it's so easy to just get body checked when you're when you're doing that. So it has again another layer of strategy to the game where now, you know, instead of having any war of attrition in the in the middle, you're trying to get your captain as far ahead as possible, and then you kind of want to lob the ball to them. So you know, just because of the way that, you know, the game is structured, the much of the game happens around the nets rather than the middle mm-hmm. of the field, um, which makes for very stressful, yes. um, chaotic, frantic gameplay with, you know, just like moments of relief and despair. Yes, yes. Uh, the other thing that's important to know for all of this is that um, the way you move between which of your guys you're controlling is just by hitting a button, which just transfers your control to the guy who is closest to the ball. Yeah, and this is this is typical soccer or hockey. Like this is any kind of team sport game. That's typically how you do it. Sure. Um, but sometimes it's clear to you who that is and sometimes it's not. 
Is that fair to say? Sometimes. I, I definitely... You're like, only controlling three guys. Like it, So again, like I have actually played FIFAs. I used to play them before. Um, and you know, it's much harder when you have a full team. Sure. Um, here with three people, I found it usually pretty manageable. But I can see as somebody, again, who has never played one of these games, why that might get frustrating or... You'd expect one character who's you think you think is closer to um, be under your control when it's not. Yeah. Uh, and particularly in those moments when you see your opponent's captain is charging up and you have to get there and interrupt. Um, a couple of times I got caught like flipping between mm. between guys trying to like get somebody there. Somebody like somebody get. Her. <laughs> yeah. And another thing about this game that, again, can't be replicated is. There's something so satisfying about playing this game with the GameCube controller, having the big yeah. green button as your pass button. Just as you know, that it's just such the dominant button on the controller and your finger, your thumb just rests there. And it's it's just so comfortable to, to kind of feels do right. that, to pass it. Yeah, it just it just feels right. And again, that's something that won't be captured in the in the other versions. But yeah, I, I love this game. I played so much of this game with my brother. So we had this weird ritual. It was it was his ritual. Um, he was probably nine or ten when this came out. OK, it was also a huge Aerosmith fan <laughs> and like his favorite thing to do was to put on some sweet Aerosmith tunes oh my God. and and we play Mario Strikers together for like hours and and like I'd be sitting there doing something else and he'd come up and be like do you want to get your Smith on <laughs> and getting your Smith on means playing Mario Strikers and listening to like Aerosmith's greatest hits or whatever he had on CD. I can't believe you never made me listen to Aerosmith while playing this game. I don't think you would have enjoyed it as much as my brother did. <laughs> I mean, certainly not, but is that, that is I mean, a vibe. That is a very specific vibe. There is something very much like this game. If the soundtrack to this game was Dude Looks Like a Lady, it's very much the vibe of this game. Yeah. Yeah. That that like cool, rude attitude kind of thing. But like out of date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like thinks it has this attitude. Yeah. There's something about that, especially when that song came on, it would it would be it would get pretty intense. <laughs> Like, yeah, there's something about that music that really matches the pace of this game yes. uh, and, and the flow of this game. But yeah, I, I think, again, all three of these games for me are are really peak Mario sports because I think they are the best combination of maintaining the integrity of the actual sport mm -hmm. with some Mario zaniness, but not relying too much on luck or randomness, like still requiring some skill. Like, for example, with Strikers, when the Wii version came out, I mean, arguably, this is this is more skill, but just based on the fidelity of the control, I think less. So in, in that one, whenever you do a super strike, you would then have to save the ball. Like you became the goalie and had to save it using the Wiimote. Oh. Which just never really worked. Yeah. I think in that one, too, like in order to shoot the ball, you had to like pass it to charge it up to a certain amount. Hmm. So again, like it, it kind of restricted the improvisation that you could do because you had to get the ball to a certain state before you could play with it further mm -hmm. whereas in this you know you you just if if you're if one of your you know if your teammates in position you can you know pass it to him for like a one-timer shot that's the thing it feels like really anything could happen at any time in this game like yeah. you could go from being in the opposite end in the opposite goalie's face to like literally under three seconds later getting a goal on the other side of the field like Ex exactly yeah like it's this game allows for such spontaneous gameplay to emerge mm -hmm. uh, that i that we it just didn't translate in, in the wii version I, I haven't played it in so long i'd have to go back and you know actually look at what it does differently but that one didn't get nearly as much traction as this one did and i i feel in especially in the wii era so many of these mario sports games started 
overthinking themselves. Okay. Or adding too much, you know, randomness to them or or oversimplifying the mechanics. Like it gets too Mario Party a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's exactly what I'm trying to say is that I don't want the Mario sports games to be Mario Party. Right. Mario Party, I I can accept that it's bullshit. Like that's the fun. That's its point. Yeah, exactly. Um. But, you know, and I think what these games tell me is that even as somebody who's not, you know, big into sports, there's still something, you know, the core of sports as being translated into video games, there's still something there in all of those sports. Mm-hmm. And Mar- these Mario ones just make it more accessible and kind of, you know, pick up what that nut is of fun. Get rid of all of the other things that, you know, are necessary for a game to work in real life, but might impede the fun if you're playing a simulated version. Yeah. And turn that into a game. And over time, I think it kind of lost that. Um, it became a little bit too much uh, Mario Party where, you know, a, Mo- a Monty Mole can win, which should just never be the case. Monty Mole has won lots of times. You were there for many of them. It, because it's bullshit game. Well. If it was a real sport. <laughs> just slapping her <laughs> belly. Uh, so do you have any final thoughts on your Mario sports experience? Yeah. There's something distinctive about the disgrace and the shame that you feel when losing one of these games as a character on their own court. <laughs> In tennis, I lost on Wario's court as Wario, and it felt so bad. <laughs> Especially if you're a villain who you think would have, uh, you know, manipulated the yeah, court like to their advantage. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Man, I get higher it. stakes. I think, you know, just in general, losing in these games feels bad because you're always losing to some goofball. Some ding dong. Some yeah. shy guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. Um, as always, if you have enjoyed this episode, uh, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find more information about this show and about this episode at neverwasagamer.com. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter if you want at neverwasagamer. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. And uh, hopefully our attempts to talk about sports, whenever actual sports terms came up, that was not a bit. We don't know what these things are called. No, we're very Apologies. stupid in many ways. But I think, you know, we still kind of hate sports, but maybe like sports games. Some of them. Mario sports games. And wrestling and, and Tony Hawk. Yeah, Tony Hawk is good. They're 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 all good games. Um, but we're done with sports for a while. And next episode we're going to be doing another grab bag, a return to my childhood, where Michelle is gonna play games from the first system I ever owned, which was the Sega Master System. Oh, way back in time. Uh, an underappreciated, underrated gem of a system. But there's going to be a twist, and I don't know if you know this twist. Oh. We're limiting the games you play to games that I actually owned. So these are games that, you know, three to five-year-old me looked at them and said, that game looks good. Oh, I gotta, boy. I got to play. I got to bring that game home. Oh, no. So we'll see you next time after we've played a bunch of Sega Master System games because... Playing games just because they have a sweet box is an essential part of being a gamer.